This episode features dramatizations of gore and body horror, as well as brief references to domestic violence. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Please note, the story you're about to hear is not a direct retelling of any single depiction of the Tupilak. Today's episode combines elements from a number of Thule and Inuit legends and stories for dramatic effect. Hello everyone, I'm Vanessa Richardson, and this is Mythical Monsters, a Spotify original from Parcast. This week we near the conclusion of our series on monsters of revenge. From unflinching Greek furies to a ravenous floating head, these creatures bring unimaginable punishment for the sins of our past. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Today, we head far north to the polar Arctic to hear a tale from the Greenlandic Inuit. The Tupilak it introduces is as personal a monster as there comes, created for one purpose, a singular violent act of revenge. Once the Tupilak achieves that purpose, it disappears, never to be seen again. That is, if you see it in the first place, it only appears to its victim and any shaman brave enough to help them fight it. But everyone will see the bloody mess it leaves behind. Coming up, the Tupilak stalks their prey. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Greenlandic Inuit arguably live in the most extreme conditions in North America. They're the northernmost inhabitants of the continent. They're also the only population to settle and remain in Greenland, and are thought to have crossed to the Arctic island from Siberia when they were known as the Thule people. Descendants of the Thule in Greenland can be broken into three distinct Inuit groups with their own languages, taboos, and legends. While the Tupilak appears in many of these communities' tales, its behavior can change according to the storyteller. 
The Tupilak is one of the most iconic creatures depicted in the indigenous crafts of Greenland. But these ghoulish idols are pale interpretations of their namesakes, made by the Inuit to help outsiders understand this vengeful spirit. You do not want to see a real Tupilak. It's a freakish mishmash of human and animal parts, held together by sinew and spirit itself, and created by a shaman. Even worse than that is the fact that if you can see it, it can see you. Because the Tupilak is only visible to its creator and those it intends to kill. The Tupilak knew very few things when they were created, but they didn't need to know much. They knew the flow of the river and the bite of the cold, the anger of their creator, and the hunger that consumed both of them. And what a hunger it was. When the Tupilak first opened their many eyes and burst from their mossy cocoon at the river's edge, all they searched for was nourishment. They were just a tightly packed collection of heads and spleens and claws, and they did not know the ways of the world. But the shaman helped them. He glowed with pride as he spoke, I made you, Tupilak. You belong to me. He examined the stitches along the Tupilak's many faces with a clinical touch. The Tupilak was bound together by a long rope of seal intestine that had gone deep purple in the cold. But the shaman's fingers brushed up against one particular stitch of sinew. The sinew bound a strand of long, dark hair to the Tupilak's walrus face. It glittered ever so slightly in the light of the whale oil lantern. The hair smelled of bearberries and smoked meat, both heat and snow. The scent inflamed every sense the Tupilak had, and that was quite a lot, as they had many mouths, noses, and tongues. The man told the Tupilak their purpose. You will follow the river to the sea until you find the owner of this hair. Then you will kill her, slowly. The Tupilak nodded its many heads. That seemed easy enough. The man got a little too close to the Tupilak's seal face as he finished his instructions. Now this is very important. You must avoid the Sesuma Arna, the mother of the sea. She will try to stop you with her handless arms and her wild hair. But you must swim as fast as you can and never waver. If you do not achieve your purpose, something horrible will happen to you. That is the nature of a Tupilak. The parts of the Tupilak that had come from predators shrugged off the warning, for they longed to sink their fangs into flailing, wriggling flesh. But the Tupilak's fish face gaped its mouth in concern. This seemed awfully dangerous. The walrus and seal parts snapped back at the other faces to be quiet and listen to the shaman. He had their best interests at heart. The Tupilak was still struggling to understand their own existence, their new sensations and conflicting opinions, when the shaman pushed them onto the ice. The ice burned their many skins, and they let out a small cry as they slid towards the dark water. Though they had come from that place, they still feared it, but they reminded themselves of their purpose as they moved along the cold surface. 
I am a tupilock. The skins of whales, walruses, and seals were built to be slippery, so the tupilock slid forth, tumbling into the water with a great splash. It did not take long for the tupilock to find their bearings in the glowing green sea. Their prey's hair sang softly to them, telling them to head west. The tupilock found itself humming along. But they swallowed their tune as a shape loomed up out of the darkness. The tupilock had not expected to see the mother of the sea so soon. She was larger than they'd imagined, far larger than the shaman. Her hips were wide and her gait was too. A green shark swam lazily through the ends of her black hair as seals chased each other in a jolly ring around her head. She reached toward the tupilock and realized the shaman had not lied. Her arms ended in stumps rather than hands. The tupilock kicked their mismatched fins and flippers with all their might, trying to escape the pull of the great and terrifying woman beneath the ocean. They bobbed and weaved in the current, rushing forward in search of escape. The mother of the sea opened her mouth, sucking the water in with a long breath. The tupilock pushed forward, swimming as hard as they could for the small patch of light that extended through the ice. They drew closer and closer, their fins and flippers burning with effort they had never felt before. Finally, with one great kick, they leapt out of the water and threw a small hole in the ice onto the surface. A village waited in the distance. The tupilock was where they were supposed to be. They would eat their fill, gnashing and clawing, until the only scrap of the woman that was left was the hair sewn to the tupilock's skin. They tried not to think of the mother of the sea or the shaman's terrible warning. What would be their punishment if they failed? Would they burn to a crisp? Drown for eternity? Rot on the ice until their many minds were no more? There was no time to worry now. The night was ending, and before the sun rose, the tupilock needed to feed. Coming up, the tupilock reaches their goal, but that goal is not what it seems. Hi there, it's Carter from Parcast. If you haven't had a chance to check out the riveting true crime series Solved Murders, there's no better time to tune in. Throughout the month of August, Solved Murders is featuring four celebrations that took a turn for the deadly in a special series we're calling Party Fowls. From a murder in the New York nightclub scene and a house party gone horribly wrong, to a terrifying evening at the Tate residence and a sex party with sinister results, go deeper inside four affairs remembered for all the wrong reasons. And if you like what you hear with Party Fowls and want to uncover more of history's most captivating cases, be sure to follow Solved Murders on Spotify. There you'll find a new episode released every Wednesday. Solved Murders is a Spotify original from Parcast. Listen free only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some... 
the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. The Tupilak tried to banish all memories of the mother of the sea from their mind. They had done nothing to draw her anger that they knew of, and they could not dawdle from their intended purpose. They were to kill the woman whose hair was sewn to their skin. The shaman had been very clear. What's more, they were hungry, terribly hungry. Saliva dripped from their many teeth, and their claws itched for blood. The Tupilak sniffed the air. The whole village smelled of bearberries and whale oil, so the woman's scent they'd followed would not help as much as they'd hoped. Instead, the Tupilak closed their eyes, focusing on the dark hair as it brushed against their cheek. The wind whistled, and the Tupilak turned in its direction. They dropped low and slinked between the igloos on their seal, walrus, and whale belly, listening to the wind. Finally, they reached a shelter that felt familiar, like it was a part of them. They snuck forward through the igloo's entrance, quietly pushing the snow block inward until they tasted cold, still air. They squinted in the darkness. The Tupilak's prey was very beautiful, lying still under a pile of furs, her breath soft and even. The Tupilak crept closer, their many tongues running over sharp teeth. Their seal faces smiled. This was going to be the fun kind of easy. But then the Tupilak heard the strangest sound. There was a smaller version of the woman nestled in the hood of her jacket. The little creature had the same dark hair, the same round eyes, but there was something about its mouth that reminded the Tupilak of the shaman. They wondered if the little being was some kind of blend like them, only made of parts from the shaman and the woman, though they didn't understand how that was possible since both were still alive. The Tupilak crept closer to examine the tiny version of the woman, but before they could satisfy their curiosity, something grabbed them from behind. The Tupilak flopped to the ground and rolled over to see their attacker. That's when all their mouths gasped. The Tupilak instantly recalled the shark swimming by the mother of the sea. Its mottled outside had looked more like stone than skin, and its eyes were glassy. Somehow, that shark had come onto land, rearing out of the darkness the same way it had beneath the waves. Its teeth gnashed, and the Tupilak cried out. They suddenly realized the monster's true nature as it gave a bear-like roar. It was another Tupilak, like them, but different, more fish than fur. The other Tupilak slithered along the ground on furry polar bear legs as the Tupilak pulled away in fear and disgust. Were they this strange and uncanny looking too? The other creature roared again. The woman woke with a gasp. She scooped up the little one and backed up against the wall of the igloo, crying out to the other Tupilak, 
Minik, help! The Tupilak was puzzled. Why would the other Tupilak need a name? They had no time to consider this riddle as Minik slashed out with their polar bear claws. The Tupilak had never felt pain before. It was a hot, sharp sensation. Their seal face let out a squeak of anguish, and their walrus head roared. They felt the skin on the side of one of their mouths split open. The intestines that bound them together came loose. They let out a roar of their own, then bit down hard on the slippery top of Minik's shark head. The two monsters wrestled, clawing, biting, and flopping around the igloo as they knocked over wooden drying racks, scattering fish and skins everywhere. The Tupilak thought they had the upper hand, but Minik outweighed them by far. They couldn't help but feel that Minik had been made with more care than they had. The thought infuriated the Tupilak, and they roared again. But Minik had pinned them to the cold ground. The Tupilak struggled and pushed, but they couldn't move. Their roars became growls, and their growls became whimpers. Minik snapped at them, growling. But suddenly, the woman's head was beside the Tupilaks. Her long, dark hair was even more beautiful when it was attached to her head. This was the woman the Tupilak was meant to kill. But the Tupilak froze up as she spoke to them. Hello, you have come a very long way to kill me, yes? The nervous Tupilak had never been asked a question. The shaman had only given them instructions, but they decided to nod their heads slowly. The woman looked tired and scared, but she still gave a slight smile and asked, how is that working out for you? The Tupilak didn't know what to say, so they whimpered. The woman pulled back, puzzled. She shared a look with the other Tupilak named Minik, who was still ready to pounce. You don't know what you are, do you? The Tupilak knew the answer to this one. I am a Tupilak. The woman suppressed a smile, then said, Yes, you are. I'm Ukuk. She nodded to the shark and bear creature. This is Minik. He's here to protect me. Minik nodded his shark head, nudging his pointy nose against her. But Ukuk kept her eyes on the Tupilak. You were sent to kill me, but you do not know the reason. Do you know why that is? The Tupilak cocked a head like a seal following a fish through the water. They offered the best explanation they could. I... Am a Tupilak? Ukuk looked at Minik again. The two of them seemed to know something the Tupilak didn't, and they didn't like that at all. So they repeated, I am a Tupilak. Ukuk shrank back, hands up to protect herself. You, you are, you are, but you have been defeated. Do you know what happens when you've been bested? The Tupilak shook their heads. They were imagining all kinds of horrors and punishments. Maybe the other Tupilak's shark jaws and bear claws would rip them apart, or maybe the mother of the sea would swallow them up. Ukuk lowered her hands. The shaman lied to you, didn't he? It might be better if you returned to the mother of the sea. 
The two Pilaks shook their heads again, terrified. Ukuk was confused. Why are you frightened of her? You don't know what she is, do you? Ukuk sat beside the Tupilak and let out a deep sigh. Long ago, the seas were empty, and angry fishermen cast a young woman, his daughter, into the cold ocean. She clutched desperately at his boat, begging him to take her back aboard. But instead, he cut off each of her fingers one by one. The Tupilak could see tears in Ukuk's eyes, as if she'd felt this all herself. Her thumb became the walruses, her pointer finger the whales, then came the seals and the sharks, and all the creatures that made the sea. It was no wonder, the Tupilak realized, that sea creatures were so violent. They were born from revenge and an insistence on living no matter what happened to you. Ukuk leaned in, her voice soft. The shaman who sent you is frightened of the mother of the sea because she brings balance. When she's unhappy, it's a sign that things are wrong. The two Pilaks shrank back in shame. Ukuk placed her hand against their fuzzy walrus whiskers. You are not wrong, but the man who made you is, and so is his desire to kill me. Now the rules of balance are clear. You have been bested. That means you return to your maker. But what you don't know is, it means you give him the fate he planned for me. The thought had never occurred to the Tupilak, but the minute Ukuk said it, they were certain it was the correct way for things to go. As sure as they were that the seals swam and the birds flew, they felt a deep conviction that the shaman was wrong, that his motives had been unjust, as Ukuk said. And hunger filled their bellies again. Even their skittish fish parts thirsted for blood. Ukuk examined their wounds. Are you all right? The Tupilak nodded. Ukuk stood, then took a gentle hold of the Tupilak's flippers and tugged it onto its belly. You are what you are, Tupilak. May you find the balance you deserve. May you find your way home. The Tupilak slid out of the igloo and back toward the ocean. The salt stung as the gashes in their skin hit the water, but then the cold numbed them. The Tupilak felt a strange fire inside as they moved beneath the sea. That pleasing certainty had returned to them. It was soothing, and it made them hungry. The shaman had not explained why the woman deserved punishment, and the Tupilak had not known to ask. They did not need answers, however, to know what to do. This was not the woman's revenge. This was the Tupilak's and it would be very bloody indeed. Coming up, the Tupilak faces its maker. Now back to the story. The Tupilak's swim home was slow and steady. They thought of Ukuk, the woman they were created to kill, and Minik, the Tupilak who protected her and her little one. The Tupilak could not blame Minik for biting them, but as the salt water stung their wounds, the Tupilak hoped that Minik's shark face would be the only terrifying creature they saw today. 
the two Pilak took solace in their new reality. They had failed in killing Ukuk, but they had also been spared. Now they could have their own revenge on the shaman who'd created them for unjust reasons. Revenge for themselves and the woman they'd met along the way. The Tupilak was nervous as they neared the place where they'd seen the Mother of the Sea. Was she still displeased with them? They had no idea how to get in her good graces. Perhaps they should have asked Ukuk. But the Mother of the Sea was not there. The ocean floor was empty below the Tupilak, and they passed through in silent ease, like this journey was meant to be. The Tupilak let out a long exhale as they breached the ice to climb back to their moss-covered birthplace. It was home, but now it didn't feel like it. The Tupilak sniffed the air. There was no one around, but they could smell the faint tinge of iron and gore. Blood spilled, and not just the blood leaking from their wounds. Though there were no settlements here, the shaman had to be nearby. The Tupilak edged forward, sniffing again, leaving their own trail of blood in the snow. The metal smell was more than blood. It was heavy, sharp. Suddenly, the Tupilak felt a searing hot pain in their side. They looked down. A long spear was sticking out of their torso. The shaman stood to their left side, holding the spear he'd lodged into his creation. The Tupilak knew this wasn't fair. The woman had taught them the new rules. They were supposed to take their revenge. The shaman had no right to do this. The Tupilak felt blood well up in their throat as they let out another roar. The Tupilak charged forward, wrenching the spear from the shaman's grip. They crashed into the shaman, mouths snapping as they raked at him with their claws. With each swipe, they cried out, I am a Tupilak. They refused to be defined by the shaman's whims any longer. The shaman put his arms up to shield his head, but it was no use. The Tupilak left long, jagged gashes in his face. They leaned forward, licking up the blood with their many tongues. The shaman screamed in defiance, trying to push the Tupilak away. He tore at the sinew that held the Tupilak together, bellowing, No! You're mine! Mine! The Tupilak brought its sharpest seal fangs down on the shaman's throat. He gurgled and moaned until his last protests were swallowed up. The Tupilak kept mauling the shaman long after he was dead. The ice was coated in red and pink, and the shaman's intestines spilled out onto the cold ground. The Tupilak wondered if they should take his intestines and bind themselves up tighter to repair the damage the shaman and the other Tupilak had wrought. But somehow, the Tupilak knew that in the end, they wouldn't need it. They dove back into the water, rolling in the cold to soothe their wounds. Then they headed towards the mother of the sea. They did not know if they would find her. They were in new territory, and they had fulfilled their own desires rather than their creators. Perhaps Ukuk had lied to them, and they were truly doomed. 
But then the mother of the sea emerged from the green darkness. The whales that surrounded her sang and chirped. Though she had no hands, the Tupilak was certain she was waving. The Tupilak swam carefully as they drew closer to the mother of the sea. She smiled softly, the same way Ukuk had. Then she spoke. You are a Tupilak. Your time has ended. Balance is restored. Now I release you. The Tupilak felt almost grateful as their intestines uncoiled and their skin fell away. Then what made them them floated away into the water, consumed by the creatures that swam through the mother of the sea's long, dark hair. The Tupilak's abilities vary widely according to both the components the shaman uses to create it and the location-specific legends about the monster, but it's always a creature constructed for revenge or protection. The conception of all monsters stems from the taboos of the cultures they come from, and Inuit taboos are unique because of their cold, harsh environment. After hunting, many indigenous cultures believe in thanking their prey for its sacrifice and making sure to use every part of the animal to maintain balance. Breaking this taboo and wasting the animal has a dangerous effect, angering the mother of the sea. Building a Tupilak is a prime example of breaking those rules. Creating this beast is a major drain on resources, using materials that could serve a whole community to resolve a personal vendetta. And that resolution might not even work. If the motivation of the shaman was ultimately unjust or petty, the Tupilak might turn on them. The beast could also be repelled if it attacked a shaman with more power than its creator. It's been said that if you set out for revenge, you should dig two graves. But in the case of the Tupilak, you might only need one. It's just a matter of who ends up in it. Thanks for listening to Mythical Monsters. We'll be back next week with our last Monster of Revenge. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. I'll see you next time. Mythical Monsters is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Mythical Monsters was written by Lil D. Ritter and Jennifer Rache, with writing assistance by Amin Osman and Nora Battelle, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Hi, listeners, it's Carter. Here's a quick reminder to check out the Solved Murders four-part special Party Fowls. Every Wednesday in August, take a closer look at four celebrations that ended in horrific fashion. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Solved Murders. Listen free only on Spotify. <laughs>